Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Out where the San Francisco Bay meets the Pacific Ocean, there's a cluster of rocks in the middle of the water. Perched on the biggest rock is a white circular building. It stands a few stories high, and you might have seen it while hiking at Land's End. To be honest, it doesn't look like much of anything. Something old, maybe abandoned. But that little building is actually a lighthouse. And it caught the attention of listener Jeremy Johnstone. About 30 years ago, I was with friends below the Legion of Honor, walking on the golf course, and we noticed a Coast Guard helicopter hovering over the Mile Rock Lighthouse. Jeremy thought the lighthouse was abandoned, so he kept watching. I remember like a hatchway opening and maybe a little type of platform or ramp that somebody walked out on. And the helicopter communicated with that person by lowering the bucket or container. The person on the lighthouse took something out of the bucket, and then the bucket was hoisted back up to the helicopter. And then they went back inside. Had Jeremy just seen some kind of mission impossible operation? Did somebody actually work there? This is Bay Curious. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Today, the story of Mile Rock's lighthouse. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. We sent listener Jeremy Johnstone, along with reporter Chris Hambrick, to investigate what is happening out at Mile Rocks. Jeremy and I meet in the Land's End parking lot to get a better look at the lighthouse. From the lookout point, we spot the unassuming white metal structure with the platform on top right away. There it is. Oh, good eye. 
It doesn't seem to be that far from the coast. Sitting in the water near it is one of the two large, partially submerged rocks that gave it its name, the Mile Rocks. The lighthouse is built on the second larger rock, and right now there are birds all over it. Those are double-crested cormorants. Um, they fly and they, they dive from the sky into the water, and then they swim. They swim underwater and catch fish. These waters are some of the most dangerous in the bay. There were many, many shipwrecks and dozens of shipwrecks. That's maritime historian Ralph Shanks. He says the 1901 crash of the passenger ship Rio de Janeiro was the wreck that provided a somber wake-up call. The ship's captain got confused trying to navigate through heavy fog in the bay, struck an underwater ledge, and sank in about eight minutes. Over 100 lives were lost, and soon after, Congress approved funding for a lighthouse on Mile Rocks. But building on the site wasn't that easy. Well, the rocks out there could be wave swept. It's easy to get washed off. It's treacherous out there. So treacherous that the first construction crew that was hired took one look at the site and refused to work. They didn't think it was worth risking their own lives to build the lighthouse. So the contractor hired to do the work went around San Francisco and found sailors who were used to working on the ocean. They weren't afraid of being washed off. If some of them got washed off, which did happen, they would um, rescue them and bring them back onto the light and, and kid and joke about it, you know, and, but they still kept on going. The final structure ended up being 85 feet tall with three tiers in decreasing sizes topped by a lantern room. Lighthouse keepers who staffed it had to keep the lantern lens clean, run the foghorn, and report the weather. There wasn't a lot of space inside, and because it was remote, the lighthouse board made it a stag station, meaning only men could work there. That was hard for the families because most of the keepers were married, and so their families had to live ashore. Some lived close by in San Francisco. Some would live quite a ways away. According to Ralph, a typical shift was two weeks on and one week off. To adjust, lighthouse keepers found creative ways to stay in touch with their loved ones. For example, one couple, the, the wife would walk out to Land's Inn in San Francisco, and she would um, walk her dog and carry a light. And at each time in the evening, she would go out and flash her light, and he would flash a light on, on the lighthouse, and they would signal to each other to, like, say goodnight to and so on, which was kind of a nice thing. In addition to the lighthouse being remote, it was scary to work there, too. When the waves built up, one of the things that would happen at Mile Rocks is that they would pound the building and the whole lighthouse could shake. And so keepers kind of wondered if they'd still be there the next morning after terrible storms like that. Eventually, the Coast Guard decided it was too dangerous and too expensive to have people working there. So in the 1960s, they developed plans to automate Mile Rocks. But they didn't just want to take away the Mile Rocks lighthouse keeper. The Coast Guard had people in the service who wanted to convert uh, Mile Rocks from being a beautiful lighthouse to being a flat platform in which helicopters could be landed on it. Essentially, the Coast Guard wanted to remove the upper two tiers and the lantern room and then create a helipad on the lowest tier. This cost-saving plan sparked massive public protest. All these different people tried to stop that conversion because this was the most spectacular lighthouse, really, in San Francisco Bay. But uh, the Coast Guard was committed to its plan, and they cut the top portion of the lighthouse off, destroying the structure as 
far as its beauty goes. Since the 1966 automation, many of the things a lighthouse keeper would do are done by machines. So the Mile Rocks Lighthouse is still working, and the Coast Guard makes regular maintenance trips there by helicopter. Sorry, Jeremy, no Mission Impossible drama this time around, but thanks for submitting your question. Thanks also to reporter Chris Hambrick for bringing us that story. Exciting news from the Bay Curious team. We are hosting a trivia night on March 14th at Manny's in San Francisco. If you've always wanted to test your knowledge about the Bay Area history and culture, this is your chance. We've had so much fun just planning the night, so I know it's going to be a really fun event. You can find details and tickets at baycurious.org. Our last event sold out in a few hours, so you might want to hurry. All right, that's it for us this week. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. Have a good one. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.